Welcome to Design Huddle. This is a podcast for anyone that wants to get inspired and learn how to build cool stuff with cooler people. We interview designers, creators, influencers, and sometimes just chat about interesting design topics. We'll hit on things like product design, UX best practices, and how you can up-level your personal brand. This podcast is hosted by myself, ya boy, Ryan Warrender, a UX designer and taco enthusiast based in New York City, and Brendan Gross, a digital strategist for Fortune 500 companies. We started this podcast to learn from each other, the community, and most important, you, the listeners. So thank you for tuning in, and let's dive in to today's episode of Design Huddle. Let's go! Things that you see, you know, from where you are right now as a UX designer, from where you've come from in your career, that you know, typically people miss on, uh, you know, because you guys are moving too fast, or some things. If you guys could slow down, what would you um, take a step back and go and recheck some things? Like, where do you guys see, or where do you see holes in um, the UX game today? Where do you see people? Yeah. Um, overlooking and where would you guys if you could spend more time uh you know where would you spend it yeah for sure so i think it's a great question i think a lot of times in the ux design process one of the areas that's really overlooked or rushed through or kind of uh, there's a lot of shortcuts that typically are taken is during user research so it's really easy when regardless of what you're designing whether it's like a mobile site a mobile app a website, or even something that's you know a, a physical piece of, of hardware. Um, it, it's really, really right. important to make sure you understand who your users are, why they're using it, and what their goals are, and what you're trying to accomplish. So, like one personal antidote um, that's not like a super sexy example, but I, I worked at GE, and while I was there, we had to redesign like a customer-facing like interface. So basically, think of like you call a one eight hundred number. It connects to someone, and then they basically need to help you troubleshoot your problem. So this is not like something that is um, like consumer facing; like it's, it was an internally facing application. And one of the most valuable, yeah. I guess, lessons that I went through was I flew to one of the call centers. So the call center was in like you know Kansas City. Um, so we flew in, and I was there for a week. So I was in this; it was like a small like town outside of Kansas City, which is where the call center is. You know, you walk in and there's just like rows of people that are on the calls, you know, answering questions, like typical call center. Like if you've ever been in a call center, it's very loud, a lot going yeah. on, a lot of motion movement. Um, so I was tasked, you know, partnering with um, a company called Human Factors International. Um, I was the UX program manager and then I was working with a, a really, really great user research, which uh, I, I learned a ton from, from this experience. That's why I'm, I'm calling this one out in particular. But the task was simple, redesign the application, make it more effective and you know help GE save money by being able to better right. resolve customer issues. So um, the first day we spent was sitting down and just listening to calls with the customer service reps. So for eight hours, we literally acted as if we were you know customer service reps and with three different teams. So we had like basically broke up the day into three portions 
and we sat with those users, we listened to them, we understood, you know, what their daily workflow looked like. Um, and all we did was listen. So that was the first thing. It's like, I've never been in a role where we like spent the eight hours just taking notes and just listening. listening. Crazy, yeah. crazy how valuable it was because I had all of these assumptions in my head. I wrote out all of these ideas before, like on the flight over and the two weeks prior of thinking of like, this is how it should look. This is the, the interface that I know is going to add a ton of value. But, right. um, the truth of the matter is that I didn't really understand the, a lot of the problems. So day one was we just listened. Day two, we yeah, actually I... got into watching. So uh, we spent a lot of time watching how one of the reps would interact with the screen. Where were they clicking? Why were they clicking? And we basically had them talk out loud. So they were talking to the customer, they would go on mute, and then they'd be like, all right, now I'm gonna go over to the right. I'm clicking my notepad, which is built into the application to start taking notes related to this case. Um, so they would basically we would have them talk out loud. So that's like one of the best things that I, I highly recommend is having people talk through out loud um, the actual process that they're going through. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, from there, I think uh, the next piece was just, you know, circling back. So we kind of broke up into three different teams. And then at the, at the end of every day, we did um, kind of like a stand up where everyone had like five minutes to throw out their biggest learnings and we kind of put them on a whiteboard. And the whiteboard ended up being, we ended up pulling out like what were the biggest pain points. We were saying that if these people are in this application 40 hours a week, if we can remove these, you know, barriers, that would be massively beneficial. So one of the things that we were tracking and one of the success metrics we were looking at was, you know, the a customer rep's satisfaction with the application. It was really poor. I think it was like, you know, gotcha. five or six out of 10. And our goal was to get it to be like, you know, at least an eight out of 10. So um, the main the main takeaway from all of that is uh, the big, biggest mistake or things that I see a lot of designers make is people are, are, are rushing the process. They're not taking the time to truly put themselves in the user's shoes, listen to what the users, not only listen, but watch how they're using the interface, get multiple perspectives. So I was fortunate where I had a team yes. of, there was four of us, we all kind of came with, worked with different individuals. So we each kind of, I think at the, by the end of the week, we each worked with like close to 12 people individually. Um, wow. So, you know, 40 different perspectives on what the application should look like. So we did that for the first full week. So we had a whole week in Kansas City and we left with basically just a ton of really good user research. So that's my main takeaway is user research is typically skipped. There's a lot of different ways to conduct surveys and ask questions. There's a million resources on the internet about it. But the main takeaway for me is to just, you know, take your time, go through that process. It's critical to the ultimate success. Before you put pen to paper, really make sure that you understand who you're designing for, what the purpose of it is, and what are the biggest right. pain points. I definitely agree. And I think what you guys did was extremely smart in terms of how you triang basically triangulated um, your guys' results. Not only did you survey, yeah. not only were you sitting there in person and watching over the shoulder and having them speak out loud um, about how they were going about things, you guys could actually solve the pain points in the way that they needed to them, them to be solved rather than, you know, I feel like any designer typically, especially when we're internal, we're trying to solve, um, you know, we're internal, we're trying to solve both business and user issues at the same time. When we're internal, we haven't talked to the users, our our solves are more skewed to the business, uh, the business side of things. So I think that's extremely smart in terms of um, how you laid that out. And I think it's extremely important to, um, you know, there's a lot of things that fall through um, the filter when you're only doing surveys or you're only doing very minimum viable 
um, user testing. So I agree right. with you. Holy, if we could slow down, guys, um, and be able to user test in a triangulated way, which is how Ryan basically just ran us through the scenario where he was sitting with the users, talking with them, probably having breakfast, lunch, and dinner with them. Um, yeah. And not only one person, but his team sat with 12 different people individually um, per person on his team. At least that's what it sounded like. So that's yeah, no, quite that's a lot of... spot on. Yeah, <laughs> that's quite a lot of people time. My extra, my introverted butt would have to... Yeah, it was, one of, those, it was my... one of those weeks <laughs> where you're just so emotionally drained because you're just putting so much energy into like talking to these people, hearing their stories, understanding their pain points, and getting their feedback. And then you have yeah. to like, you know, also in your head filter out of, you know, what's just like a little bit of an annoyance versus like what's actually disrupting their daily workflow. So exactly. like changing button color, you know, obviously thanks for the feedback, but we're, we're <laughs> more, I'm more interested in like, you know, why haven't you clicked on this tab like the entire day? Why isn't it, well, how is this not adding any value to you? Um, right. So that's the other thing that I haven't been great at, but I do recommend is like figuring out how to ask non-leading questions. So really just giving people the opportunity to um, give feedback, but it doesn't feel like you're pushing them to give you a specific type of feedback. So I think that's really an yeah, art. Yeah. I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot of that. And I still think there's a ton of opportunity for, for growth and being a good user researcher. Definitely. I totally agree. And guys, so just to wrap this up, because we were heading at the, we were about to approach the end of the video. Yeah. So Ryan said, couldn't have said, I couldn't have said it any better my, myself. My tongue was trying to trip over itself when I was, uh, uh, talking to Ryan about this earlier and he's the best person to talk on anything UX. So if you guys have any questions, definitely hit him up in these DMs. So yeah, the best way to connect with me is on, you know, Instagram or Twitter. I'm in the process of kind of setting up some other mediums. I'm probably going to get to do a newsletter eventually, but um, everywhere on the internet, I'm at Ryan Warrender. So follow me there, ask questions, and I'll try to get back to you in a timely fashion. <laughs> Sweet guys. So if you have any questions regarding what we talked about here, um, you know, Ryan's your UX guy. Hit them up. Any questions in regards to how to ask better questions, how to conduct better researching, um, anything along those lines. So, Ryan, thank you so much for allowing us to pick your brain on this. Anything, yeah. guys, look forward to seeing more UX-related videos. Um, so, guys, thank you very much for watching the Design Bros, and we will be doing videos every Friday, so stay tuned. Catch you on the next one. Design Huddle is a podcast that is hosted by Ryan Warner and Brendan Gross. The opinions stated here are our own and not those of our company. Thank you for tuning in and please feel free to share this episode.